Hello and hola everyone. Welcome back to Figuring It Out, the podcast. The podcast about everything I know and everything I don't know. So this week I actually have my first solo episode, which is super exciting because today I'm actually talking about the benefits of being single. And what better way to do that than be on my own and be single? (laughs) I always talk about how this point of our lives when you're kind of, I guess I'm in my early slash mid 20s. But then as we go through our 20s, it starts to become weird because I'm single happily. But I have friends who are starting to find their person or I have friends who actually are starting to get married or talking about marriage with their person. But then I also have friends who are in the same boat as me who we're still single. We're still feeling out the dating field. We're still meeting people. We're still in our fun single era of single travel, solo travel, meeting other people. Dating in New York is some of the most amazing but terrible times. Um, No, I actually think it's really great and really fun, but this is a topic I really wanted to explore just because I feel like our whole lives were just, you know, constantly told, oh, you got to find someone. Oh, are you dating someone? And I want to say that's great, but it's also important to be comfortable being single and comfortable being alone. And full transparency, this podcast actually started not only as a way for me to practice my interview skills and my communication skills. For those of you who know, I actually work in media. So this is something I'm super passionate about. And this podcast is a huge passion project of mine. But this podcast also started post a situationship ending. And that is what I am choosing to call it after all this time away from it. Having all the clarity I have now has been really telling. And I think I've really been able to work on myself and look at myself and notice what I attract in partners and why my previous relationships or situationships have failed. Well, granted, if you're in a situationship, you're already setting it up for failure, which is a whole other thing we can get into. But I've been really focusing on filling my own cup, bettering myself, figuring out what I need in a partner. What does my ideal relationship look like? Because now we're entering a world where relationships are looking different. So I want to talk about some of that. So first things first. For those of you who listened to the self-love episode I did with my friend Asada, and if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend. One of the things we talk about is really being comfortable being alone. And I know a lot of people that jump from relationship to relationship, or they always have a side piece, or they, they just always have someone around, which don't get me wrong, I totally get you are a human being with needs. And there's nothing wrong with having someone who you're having fun with at the time or whatever. But I mean, I have people who they always just have a perspective and there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But the problem that I see with that is you're not necessarily spending time with yourself and actually asking yourself, what do I need ever out of a relationship? What do I want out of a relationship? And what do I bring to a relationship. And in being alone, you really, 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 really get to know yourself. And you really, those answers kind of just come to you. And in multi-dating, which I strongly suggest for everyone, you start to see, oh, 
I actually like this about this person. Oh, I like this about this person. Ooh, this person does this. I'm not crazy about that. And you also start to learn, and I said this in another episode about what can 20-somethings learn from 30-somethings, you learn what's a big thing and what's a little thing. I actually know someone who ended a relationship because her partner was into model trains. And that's a really dorky thing by societal standards, but I don't think that's ground enough to break up with someone if that is the end-all be-all of your relationship. And if that is the end-all be-all of your relationship, then you probably had other relationship problems. But granted, being alone, getting comfortable being alone is a huge thing. So what does that look like? I mean, taking yourself out to dinner and I mean, and sitting there, getting a drink, an appetizer, dinner, the whole thing by yourself and not caring and not caring if people stare at you or look at you weird. First off, no one is looking at you weird. And if you think they are, I think you need to maybe check your ego out the door. But the reality is I know a lot of people who cannot do that. And that's not necessarily a great thing. You need to be comfortable being alone, eating dinner alone, out in public alone, and not caring if people know you're alone. I've also talked about going to concerts alone. I've gone to concerts alone. I have my friend Asada who is on the self-love episode. She talked about how she has gone to concerts alone. And I have friends who have invited me out to concerts that I've you know, been unable to afford or I just wasn't crazy about the artist. So I say, you know, I'm going to sit this one out, but you should still go. And they say, well, I'm not going to go. I don't have anyone to go with. And I think, well, would you rather not go at all or go alone? And when you're forced to be alone, you really become such a stronger, better version of yourself. I, I just did a solo trip to Spain and truthfully, it changed my life. Just 10 days in another country. I had a friend join me on the eighth day, but it really was so amazing because I was staying in hostels and I was meeting people who I was really, really connecting with. And we all were coming from different backgrounds and we were all on a trip for on the trip for a different reason and traveling solo for a different reason. And something one of the girls said to me is I've been dating my partner since college and I am 27 now. And I feel like I am just now on this trip learning who I am outside of my partner. And she had said she really thought she was a foodie for her whole relationship. And she realized she's not a foodie that her partner is a foodie and That's one of the benefits of being with him that she has become one, but she at her core is not a foodie. And that is so important to know about yourself before entering a relationship. And granted, you can't help when you find someone amazing, right? You can find someone in college, you can find someone in high school even, and maybe they are your person. Maybe that is the person you're supposed to be with. And you have to just take time for yourself and be alone from your partner to figure out who you are outside them. You know, there's no rules, but ultimately it is so, so, so important to know who you are and what you want before entering anything or entering the dating pool. Now, That being said, I will also say when you are single, you learn what your worth is and you learn what you will accept and what you will not accept. And I want to also point out, you tell people how they're allowed to treat you. And I, at one point, was with someone who 
was not a bad person, but the love and support that they gave was very, very, very inconsistent. Where at one point in our situation, I was getting 11 out of 10 in terms of effort. I mean, driving through traffic for two hours just to hang out with me while I worked, not caring that they would spend four or five days with me, the whole, everything you can think of, 11 out of 10 in terms of effort. And then as time went on, I would say that honestly, at some point I started to get a two out of 10. And even that I think is being generous. But sometimes he still gave me that 11 out of 10, which again, I don't believe this person is a bad person. And there were other things in that relationship that kind of make sense now. But I stayed for a decent amount of time because I thought, well, if I'm getting the 11 out of 10, 40% of the time, that's good enough for me. The 40% of the time is better than nothing when I was ignoring the fact that their inconsistency was making me anxious. I that's all I could think about. It would consume me. I couldn't make sense of this person's actions. And ultimately I want to just go back and give that version of myself a huge hug and say, you deserve so much better than this. And it's hard when you really like the person and you know, they're a good person and you're remembering, well, they're, they gave me 11 out of 10 last week why now these next three weeks have I only been getting the two out of 10? And it's a really lonely feeling and terrible feeling. But if you're in the situation, you deserve something so much better. And I actually am proud of the younger version of myself because the younger version of myself recognized I deserve better eventually and with time and ultimately ended to end that relationship. And again, let me say this. Your partner cannot give you 11 out of 10 all the time. They probably can't even give you 10 out of 10 or 9 out of 10 all the time. It's life. Life happens. We get busy with work. We get busy with friends. There's family emergencies. But above all, you deserve consistency. And that's the key. If they're consistently great, amazing. That's what you want. And since that relationship, I can say I've really learned my worth because Shortly after I was dating someone and they said to me, you're cute, but I'm not coming to Brooklyn on a weekday. And I thought about it and I thought in the past I would accept this, but I am so fucking worth coming to Brooklyn on a weekday, especially when I've seen someone sit in two hours of traffic just to sit with me while I work. And let me tell you something, you all are worth going to Brooklyn on a weekday. And I will say too, you start to learn more and more about red flags and you start to listen to that little voice in your head when that first red flag pops up and think, let me just put this to bed now. And when I say a red flag, I mean, you always know you have that voice in your head. You have that gut feeling. We all have it. I've experienced it. I have experienced it three weeks into a relationship and stayed despite it. And then that little voice came in another month later and I ignored it. And then it came in another two months later and I still ignored it. And then finally, I just couldn't ignore it anymore because the red flags were so blaringly red that I couldn't, I couldn't put my head in the sand anymore. 
I also want to say when you're working on yourself and you look inward and you're journaling or if you're going to therapy or talking to someone or reading self-help books or listening to relationship podcasts, when you do the work on yourself, you also start to recognize qualities within yourself that attract certain types of partners. Let me explain what I mean by that. For a really long time, I am very proud to say that now I'm a reformed people pleaser for the most part. <laughs> I I mean, a year ago, I was absolutely 1000% fully a people pleaser and I do not feel that way at all anymore. And with that, in being a people pleaser, I minimize my own needs. I was minimizing my own needs with whoever I was dating to accommodate them. I would not speak up out of fear that, well, if I speak up, I'm going to be too much for them. So I would walk on eggshells. I was with someone who made me feel like I couldn't communicate needs. So with that, you're doing everything to make your partner happy, but you're not concerned with your own happiness. And something I've learned is that people pleasers actually have a tendency to attract emotionally unavailable partners, which for those of you who don't know what emotional unavailability is, it tends to be people who struggle to listen and trust their emotions, which ties to vulnerability struggles and that also attaches to avoidant behavior. So partners who oftentimes as they get closer to you, they start to pull away and their actions don't make sense. A lot of times, emotionally unavailable people are commitment phobes. They are really just unable to meet needs no matter how much they may want to or desire to. They have, it's very often tied to early childhood or if you just got out of a relationship and you are hesitant to trust commitment or you're hesitant to get too close to people. There's there's a variety of reasons emotional unavailability could happen and it could be temporary or it could be permanent. But a lot of times people just are not able to meet the most basic needs. Even if they really want to, which is something I experienced, I would enter these situations and I'd be like, what? Why does why is it so hard to get commitment? And truthfully, I was tolerating not getting commitment. I would communicate to a partner that I needed commitment. And if they reacted in a negative way, I would just shut up and minimize myself and hope that down the line I got commitment, which now that I say that, looking back, I it sounds so crazy to me, the idea that if someone freaked out because I brought up what are we or, or what what's going on and if someone, the fact that I used to just shut up and hope that down the line we got it is so bizarre to me now. And I, I would never, never, never tolerate that going forward. I've talked about this on the podcast, but I dated someone who I had not heard from in a week and a half. And it was very confusing because this person would tell me they loved me and I wouldn't hear from them. And I would think, okay, they, we were, we were seeing each other very consistently and I wouldn't hear from them for really long spells of time. And I would think, okay, I guess they're going to break up with me, but then I would see them and they would act like everything was amazing and everything was rainbows and unicorns. And we were going to get made all the whole thing. And I would get so confused. And finally I, 
I had to speak up and I say, look, it has been a week and a half. I have not heard from you. You haven't even called to check in on how any of my days were this past week and a half. You didn't even make the plans this weekend. I called you when you were playing chess on your phone. Like, can we work something out? And people probably listen to that and think, well, he just wasn't that into you. Well, when someone's telling you they love you and you're seeing them and they're being amazing, it's a very confusing thing on your end. So I had asked yo, can we work something out? Like, what is the compromise here? And he refused to budge and told me that that was way too much of an expectation. And I said, well, isn't saying I love you too much of an expectation? It was a very, again, I no point in making sense of it all this time now. But I, I remember even back then as a people pleaser, it took me asking for this super, super, super bare minimum thing. And back then I knew it was the bare minimum. I was like, okay, I am not asking for a lot. I am scared of coming across as needy, but this is the bare minimum. Checking in after a week and a half of not seeing each other, considering where this relationship is, like this is the bare minimum. And it took me someone arguing with me that they could not give me that for me to realize this is ridiculous. Like I, I can't put up with this anymore. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, I'm unfortunately had to get to that point, but I think I needed that. I think I needed to get to a point where someone couldn't meet the most basic need for me to finally say, you know what? I'm done putting other people's needs before my own. I'm putting myself first and I deserve so much better than this. So my next point, a lot of people when you're single and you have a bad date, it seems like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to find it. Why is it so hard? Yada, yada, yada. Something that has actually been really great for me is stop putting emphasis on the person for the date. And start putting emphasis on what we're doing. So for me, there's been a bunch of restaurants and bars that I've wanted to check out in the city. And I'll ask when my date says, what do you want to do? And I'll say, I want to go to this place and I want to try this. Would you mind making a reservation? And they always say, sure. And my mindset has literally become, cool, I'm going to go try this place that I've been wanting to try for a long time. This person is joining me as a guest. Maybe they'll make the experience better. And if they do, cool. I'll hang out with them again and we'll check another bar restaurant off my list. And if not, okay, I got to try a place I liked and this person just came with me. And that has been so amazing because no matter what, I have fun on the date. For example, I went on a date a couple months ago and the guy was not great for a couple of reasons. And he had asked me, well, do you want to go walk the West Side Highway? And I've never walked the entire West Side Highway. I've only done little bits and pieces. So I said, you know what? Sure. And I said, okay, I'm going on this state. I am walking the West Side Highway. Has nothing to do with him. He's just joining me on this walk. The guy was not great, but I had such an amazing time on the date because it was a beautiful day out. I got to see the West Side Highway. I had done something I had never done in the city before. And I never saw that guy again. And that's okay. But guess what? I've seen the West Side Highway. I, I, it was a great time walking the West Side Highway. So that has really shifted my perspective. And if you start doing that, I promise you, you will never leave a date and feel like, 
oh my gosh, that was a waste of my time. Because I've started encouraging friends to do that and they've said that has really shifted my mindset and it actually makes it enjoyable because no matter what, I'm going to do something I like and want to do. And I'm going to have fun with myself and this person's coming. I'll have a great time no matter what because I'm fun. I'll entertain myself. And if I see this person again, I see them. Great. If not, oh well, whatever. The next thing I actually want to move on to is appreciating aspects of being single that you sort of forget about when you enter a relationship. Now, I feel like everyone's always looking out for love and they're open to love and that's amazing and great. But I really have been trying to appreciate where I am now. And there's factors and benefits of actually where I am now that I won't have forever. So for example, I've really started to look at my relationships with my friends and the love I have with my friends. And everyone always says, well, it's a different kind of love. And yes, you're right. It is. I, I'm not intimate with my friends in the same way I am with a partner, or at least not all my friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and there's certain things I don't do with necessarily all my friends that I do with a partner. And yeah, we speak differently than I would to a partner and whatnot. But think about it this way. If your friends also find their people and they move on and have kids, and then you find your person and you move on and have kids those relationships with your friends are actually really going to start to look different. And you may not see them a lot. You may not see them for a year, two years. They're really, really, really going to start to look different. So I've really started to say, okay, this is actually a really amazing thing when my friends and I, even if they're in a relationship or if they're single or whatnot, when they think about me in these really thoughtful ways, because I won't always have this with them. Yes, they will always love me. And yes, they may always be part of my life, but our relationship will look different someday. So I want to appreciate the way our relationship looks like now. And I'll give you an example. One of my friends and I were going to go visit my parents down the shore. My parents have been renting a condo down the shore and it was late at night and he called me and he said, hey, I have my $30 dinner stipend. I'm walking by the taco truck. I'm going to get you a quesadilla because I know you like them and you're going to want one later. And then a couple weeks later, another friend and I went out, got drinks. Then we went and sat in the park and I didn't even notice, but my water was empty. And without even me realizing or me asking, he opened my water and poured water into it. And I said, that was really nice. And he goes, well, yeah, you're my friend. I noticed your water is empty. It's, I'm going to fill it. And those probably sound like really, really basic things and really just small. But let's be real for a second. If you were dating someone and they did that for you, you would lose your freaking mind. Come on. We lose our mind for that kind of you know small thoughtfulness when we're seeing someone. So I really took pause in those moments and I thought, you know what? This is something I have with these two different friends that I probably won't have forever because we're going to move away to different cities. Or if we live in the same cities, we're just going to get occupied with our own partners or work or whatnot. And so there's really beauty in that. And talking to a friend for on the phone for an hour uninterrupted while I wash dishes or walk in the park. There's something so beautiful about that because someday that friend will probably have screaming, crying, and kicking kids and they will not have time for you. 
no offense, <laughs> they will not have time to hear about your shitty situationship. So enjoy it now. And when it finds you, it finds you. And I know it's a scary thing, but trust me, like if you are putting good energy out there and you're putting good things out into the world, I promise good things will find you. So this next point actually just speaks to a lot of what I just said. Filling your own cup and making yourself a priority. And this kind of ties a lot of what I've just talked about already, but learning about yourself, what you love to do. I will tell you, I am so grateful that relationship ended, situationship, sorry, (laughs) because I learned a lot about myself that I did not know. I learned I love boxing. I went and took a boxing class after, and the instructor was blown away. He said, oh my gosh, you're literally a natural. And it was probably because I had a lot of pent-up aggression, but I'll take it. (laughs) And I loved it. And it's such a good workout. And I also learned I love cycling, like cycling class. I go to the gym by me and I take cycling class at 9.15 in the morning. They shut off all the lights. They black out the windows. They blast club music. It's like going to the club, but getting a workout. And something I had always wanted to try was aerial silks. So those silks that hang from the ceilings and people at the circus do like splits in them. That was something I always wanted to try, but never did. And after my situationship ended, I just needed to distract myself and get busy and invest in myself. I started taking class. I learned I'm really good at it and that it's really fun and it's a great workout. I took rock climbing classes. I was pushing myself to try new things. And I learned so much about what I like. And I learned I like different things. And then I'm good at different things. And those are things I wouldn't have learned if I just didn't get comfortable being alone. And guess what? I've actually made friends and met people at some of those classes or lessons and whatever. And that's the other thing too, with dating and meeting people, whether you're going to classes and meeting people, or you are trying to find someone to meeting date and dating people. When you see, oh my God, there's other people in the world. It kind of makes the last person you dated seem a bit smaller. And every date or person you meet, whether it's platonic or not, or romantic or not, makes the last person you dated seem smaller and smaller and smaller in the grand scheme of the universe. And let me tell you something. When you're filling your own cup and investing in yourself, investing in and investing in yourself, whatever that means to you, whether that's working out or going to therapy or meditating. I know a lot of people who after their breakups or whatever, they go meditate. And I actually did a meditation retreat, which I strongly recommend to anyone. I if anyone is into yoga or whether you just want to really put all of you into this one project at work, whatever that may be, investing in yourself, filling your cup, you start to become so comfortable being alone that you don't even really look. And I think that's actually where I am right now. You don't, I'm not really looking. I'm very content and happy with where I'm at. And yeah, of course, someday I'd like to have someone in my life. But I also feel like the more I invest in myself and the more I fill my own cup and get comfortable with who I am and love myself unconditionally, when you do that, you sort of build this magnetic energy around you that just happens. And you become surprised because then next thing you know, 
everyone's kind of wanting to date you. And it's real. When you're so comfortable and confident with who you are and you're on phase and you don't care if the date goes good or not, you become so magnetic. And I really do believe that. Everyone I know who has found someone, it happens at a time when they were just so comfortable being alone that they kind of kind of just fell into their lap. And I want to say this as well. I think I'm talking about being comfortable being alone and all these things. I don't want people to think that I'm saying there's something wrong with wanting to be in a relationship. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing that you want to be in a relationship. That means you value relationships with people and you you are open to relationships and want to experience loving someone and offering someone love and you want to feel that love reciprocated. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I don't want people to listen to this and think, oh my gosh, I, I'm, not, I, I'm looking for something and therefore I'm not comfortable being alone. No, that's not at all what I'm saying. I'm sure we all would like to find someone who we move through this life with to share life's up and downs with. That's a normal, that's a human thing. That's a, you are a human being. <laughs> and coming along with like knowing yourself and being comfortable with those things though, is that when you are comfortable with yourself and know what you deserve and you're comfortable being alone, then you are well equipped to pick the best partner for you because it's not coming out of a place of desperation or I need this. I need, you're not fighting to make something work because if something's not working for you, you're going to let it go. When you're comfortable being alone and you're working on yourself and investing in yourself and you're making yourself a priority, you're only going to allow something into your life if it makes it better. And that's what I'm trying to get at. You want something in your life that is going to make your life better. Don't allow anyone to come in and cause you stress or anxiety or let you lose sleep. Because I hear a lot of people say, oh, our problems would just be resolved if we lived together. Oh, our problems would probably just be resolved if X, if Y. No. That is not going to resolve your problems. Your problems are just going to manifest in a different way. I always, I, I literally thought one time, well, he's so avoidant. If we just lived together, that would go away. No, he would just avoid me from inside the apartment we were living in. And I would probably have ended up feeling more alone in a relationship than I felt when I was alone. And that's that's a really sad feeling. I had someone say to me recently, there is nothing sadder than feeling alone, but having someone with you. That is a really lonely feeling. It's one thing to feel alone and actually be alone, but it's one thing to be with someone and feel alone. That is a really, really, really hard feeling. And I actually, as I talked about my trip from Spain, in learning a lot about myself, I learned I learned I rush. Um, so I've been trying to slow down more. I feel like I really hit a point of being so comfortable with myself that I thought, because we as human beings, we put all these imposed timelines on ourselves, And I remember at like three years, you know, when I was maybe like seven years old, I'm like, I'm going to be married at 24. And now I'm 24. And the idea of like dating someone for longer than six months is so anxiety inducing that I'm like, ooh, seven-year-old me had no idea what he was talking about. But I guess when I was in college, maybe I thought by 26, 27, 28, like I would find it. And 
now I'm going on 25 in this next month. And I'm like, I'm okay if I don't find it at 25, 26, 27, 28. I honestly am okay if it happens to me later. I'm okay if it happens to me at 40. And I feel really at peace knowing I've hit that point. And who knows? I Six years could go by and I'll be 31. And I'll be like, okay, actually, I didn't know what I was talking about. But I hit a point at one point in Spain where I was having, I think it was, I forget what I was drinking. Maybe it was an Aperol spritz. But I was in Siques, which is this beach town. I was, you know, at this restaurant on the water and I was looking at this castle. And a lot had happened on this trip leading up to this point, And I'll share in a second. But I remember having a Aperol spritz looking at this castle. And I've realized recently that I do want kids someday. Like, and when I mean someday, I mean like 10 years, like <laughs> long, long, long time. And I want a child just because I feel like I have a lot of love to offer to people. And I want to give that love to a child and create a happy childhood for someone else in the same way my parents were able to create for me. But I literally thought to myself, I'm okay if at 35, I still don't have someone or 36 or 37, I will, which I'm also 24. So that's a while away. So I'm not even thinking there, but I actually would be okay having a child on my own and being a single dad. And I can say that really confidently. And I'm sure there's people who are in their thirties listening to this that are like, Oh, you don't know. No, you don't know. But right now I am really comfortable being alone that if that was what my life looked like, I'd be okay with that. And if I found someone later on, I know that person's going to come eventually, whether it's after that point or later in my life at 40, 50, whatever. I don't care when that person comes because it'll be so worth the wait. And I had this realization, I think, because I went to Sagrada Familia, which is the famous church in Barcelona. And I was speaking to this woman behind me and she said, oh, are you traveling solo? And I said, well, yeah, I'm staying in a hostel. I have a friend who's going to join me in Mallorca, but I'm staying in a hostel right now. And so we all do our own thing during the day. And then at night we meet up for dinner and we go out together. And she went, oh, I wish I did that at your age. And then she said, you know, these, these are my kids. This is my, and then she kind of paused and she said, my almost husband. So I assume it was probably her second relationship. I'm sorry, second marriage, quote unquote, or second long-term adult partner. But she said that, and I thought, here's someone who says they really wish that they had done, you know, solo travel and seeing the world and exploring and getting in touch with themselves when they're younger. And now she's on her second person, which there's nothing wrong with that. Who cares when you find your person? Who many who cares how many people you have to go through to find your person? But I thought I would so much rather wait until I was 45 to find the most amazing person than rush into something right now at 24 going on 25 because I'm scared of meeting certain age deadlines or scared of not being with someone at X age or whatever. And I get it, men, it's different than women. So I have to take that into account as well. But I would so much rather wait for the right person than settle at, I don't know, 26, 27, 28, 
and be unhappy 10 years later and have all these things that are tying me down to someone that I probably shouldn't be with to begin with. And I really strongly believe that because someday it is going to be worth the wait. And you're going to think, thank God I waited. I'm so glad that relationship didn't work out. I'm so glad that date went terribly. I'm so glad that situationship didn't work out, you know, because that person is out there. And if you take all these things into account and invest in yourself, focus on yourself, get comfortable being alone, I promise you, you will find them. And that's all I have for you today. So with that, I want to thank you all for tuning in. I hope there was some words of wisdom that you all go and apply to your dating life or share with someone. I hope that if you are in a situation where you are unhappy or you've, you're realizing, wow, I, I do deserve better than this, that you take the appropriate steps to do what's right for you and do what's best for you. Because I promise, I promise you there is always an update, as I like to say. We always learn a little bit and we always do a little bit better. So that's all I have for you this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. Ciao, ciao. Thank you so, 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 so much for tuning in this week. Please be sure to share with your friends, share with anyone who you think may enjoy this episode and be sure to subscribe, like, and leave a review. Until next time, everyone.